What do I define about growing up? You know what I'm saying? Like feeling better, living better, better location. What he failed to tell you was when you're on my time, I can reclaim it. I, he left that out, so I'm reclaiming my time. Please, you respond. Are you Who are you rooting for tonight? I'm rooting for um everybody black. Betting on black tonight. I'm sorry for the realness. Hey everybody, it's Whitney from WhitneyDanielle.com and this is a very, very new series I'm doing of my podcast, The Bougie Chronicles, and I'm titling this series Stranger Danger, hashtag Stranger Danger. We can't forget the hashtag, that's like the most important part. And I'm really excited to do this series because I want to show you all the power of networking and the power of hitting people up on social media and in real life and actually starting a conversation bringing up anything that comes to mind, questions you have, complimenting someone. I mean, it's incredible how we start relationships and how we build relationships just by speaking up and by speaking out and by reaching out to different people. So every so often, you'll see me post one of these amazing interviews where I basically just at this point have hit someone up and been like, hey, I think you're cool. Do you want to be on my podcast? And what they do is they'll say, yeah, of course, because, you know, I pick smart people and they join me and we talk about whatever the hell we want to talk about. And I get to know them and vice versa on the show. And what's really cool about this is that I want you all to see exactly how I go through with this, how I ask questions, how they respond, how I lead the conversation, how I'm led by the conversation, how I'm listening. So definitely pay attention to a lot of the things that you'll see, I guess you'll hear and not see um, during the conversation and just have fun and see how you can use this in your everyday life. So the person I'm interviewing today, and I don't like to call it an interview, it's more like a convo, a conversation. Her name is Allison and she's from, well, I'm going to find out where she's from because I actually don't know, but she lives in Los Angeles somewhere. And so we're going to talk and I'm really, really, really pumped. So Allison, how are you? Hi, Whitney. I'm doing great. Thanks for having me. Of course. Of course. So I don't remember when I found you. I feel like it was maybe a week or two ago. And what I've been doing, to be honest, is just like going through people's if we have, we probably have someone mutual that we're both following, or you commented on something that I liked or thought was funny, and I looked at your profile and I was like, "Oh, she was cool." Oh, that's what it was. You posted, I think, on your your Instagram story, you were doing aerial yoga, and I was like, "Girl, WTF!" And you were like, "You need to try it." <laughs> and that's really. Do you remember that? Yeah, I do. I gave you like a whole feel on aerial yoga. Like I was yeah. advertising for aerial yoga, but yeah, I love it. <laughs> yeah. And you were like, you need to try class pass because then you'll be able to try different yeah. types of yoga. And I was like, mm-hmm. okay, so obviously this is somebody I need to know. And so where are you based? <laughs> so I am based in Los Angeles, California. I'm originally from Mississippi and I relocated to LA twice. This is my second time moving to LA actually. Nice. Okay. And how are you liking it? Such How is it going this time around? So I love it this time around. So a little background about me. So I relocated from Mississippi to Los Angeles in 2013 to work for Disney ABC, which is in Burbank, not the theme park that's in Anaheim. I actually worked at the corporate offices that are in Burbank, California. So when I first relocated out here, I was working in corporate America. I did that for three years, learned a lot 
about myself that I didn't even know. I was tested in ways that I hadn't been tested before. I learned how to code. I learned how to just be a professional. So that was all amazing. And I did that the first three years I was out here. I got kind of homesick and I wanted to go home. And I also wanted to do more marketing, which is what I actually went to school for. And so while I was working full time at Disney, I was working part time with my marketing clients. I was getting clients and I would do website design, social media marketing, Facebook marketing, email marketing after I clocked out from Disney. If I was doing that part time and, you know, God's will, I was, you know, I got to a point to where my marketing clients were paying me as much as I was making from Disney. And so I was like, okay. You know, let's figure out how we can do my marketing business full time. I put a plan into action and that plan required, it didn't necessarily require me to move back home, but I made it so that I could move back home for about a year. I got to move and stay wherever I wanted to stay. And then I got another opportunity to move back to LA as a marketing director for one of my clients and do that full time. And so now I'm back in LA running my marketing business full time. So I do like it this time around just because I'm more in control of my life and what I want to do. And I get paid to do what I love to do. So I definitely love it the second time around. Wow. That is amazing. That's amazing. Okay. So thank you. a couple of things on that one, I love that you are from the South and I can definitely hear that in your voice. And I really mm-hmm. do appreciate that. I moved to Dallas last April, May, last April, May. And I don't know. I've learned that because I lived in Texas before. I lived in San Antonio when I was a little kid, but I didn't know anything and I was on a military base. So it's kind of different from living, you know, in in real life almost. But Mm -hmm. I Mm -hmm. love Southern hospitality. I love that, you know, people speak to each other. It's, you know, the food is really good and it's just comforting and it's chill. And of course it it has its own set of cons, right? Just like any other place in the entire world. But I really have been appreciating that. And I love people from the South now because it's, I don't know, they're just, it's, it's like New Yorkers or people from New England. It's just, they're, they have something special about them that I find to be super personable and mm-hmm. they're just really, really easygoing for the most part. And I know I'm generalizing like a lot of people, but <laughs> I don't know. Do you feel like the people on the East Coast or maybe you know in the South versus the SoCal people, how do you... How have you been getting along with with people? So I do agree. So I love being from the South. I think that that's one of my biggest qualities just because, and not even from the South, it's more like the people that I was raised around, like my family, my friends, people I went to school with, my teachers, my church family. So, So all of that has made me who I am. And because of them, yes, I am nice. I am welcoming. I am pretty chill. I do speak to people all the time. I say, hey, and excuse me, and I'm sorry, you know, my bad. Like, that's just how we were raised. And out here in California, it is a little, it it was a bit of an adjustment for me when I first moved, just because it's not that people in California are nice. They're just not as, I guess, overly nice as how we may be in the South. So say, for instance, One of my friends actually came out here to visit me when I first moved to California and we were in the grocery store at a Ralph's. And so we were just like looking on the shelves for something. And this lady walked in front of us while we were looking on the shelves. Now down South, when you walk in front of somebody, when they're on the grocery aisle, you say, excuse me. But this lady didn't say, excuse me. And my friend got so mad. She was like, what the fuck is wrong with her? Does she not see us standing here? And I was like, it's just like, they don't. And and I didn't take offense to it because I had gotten used to it. But I just noticed that 
the culture of how people engage with one another is a little bit different. Everybody in LA seems so busy. They have so much going on. They don't have time to sit and talk and connect. And I think that me being from the South has made me, you know, that's, that's a very good skill set that I can sit down and really listen to people and talk to people and be engaged. And I find that my clients like me more just on a personal level, just because of that, just because I will give them the time and attention that they need and not be so overly LA Hollywood type of busy type of thing. So mm-hmm. I do connect. I, I, I do like it a lot when I find people from the South that are in LA and we just connect on a whole different level um, versus somebody that may be originally from here. Then it kind of takes a little bit of, of an adjustment just to kind of get them to kind of slow down a little bit and just really be engaged in the conversation and what we're talking about and what we're working on type of thing. I agree. And I'm, I'm glad that you brought that up for a number of reasons. You know, one, I think it's really important. People sleep on this and I, I love saying that people sleep on this, but it's, it's true when you make time for other people and you actually care, like you sit there and you're like, no, I'm paying attention to you. I'm not sexting somebody or retweeting some shit that Paula Dean, you know, you're not, you're not multitasking. You're mm-hmm. actually tuned in on that person. It makes a huge difference. And it definitely shows. I have a partner that I work with um, at, at the firm that I work for, and he loves me because I call him and I ask him how he's doing and what he's doing and how are the dogs and how are the kids. Like I call him and he will shout me out in meetings with like 50 different people who are all across the country. Mm-hmm. He'll shout me out because I called him. And I'm like, listen, First of all, you asked us to call you. So it's not like I'm just doing this because I felt like it and we're besties. You asked me to do it. You asked everybody to do it and I did it. Number one. Number two, I do care because you care about me and I've seen that. So I'm going to display that too. And even if you didn't, I would still care to a degree and make space. But it really does show above and beyond when you actually take the time to get to know people and to care about them and, you know, you listen and you show up for them and you don't act like you're too busy or too good because it just rubs people the wrong way, whether they're used to it or not. Because when I go to Ralph's or Trader Joe's, because Trader Joe's is way worse (laughs) in my old neighborhood in San Diego, (laughs) they're actually right next to each other. And the Trader Joe's parking lot is a shit show, but you go in there and everyone wants to trample over everyone. Nobody makes eye contact. It's like, how can I avoid making eye contact? That's the game everybody's playing. And I'm like, no, right. I'm going to stand here until you look at me in my face. Because if you look at me in my face, there's like a 99.876% chance that you're not going to run me over with your car and or pretend like <laughs> you didn't just run me over with your car. And it, it makes a huge, a lot of these little things, they make, they make a big difference in how you're perceived and how you perceive others. And even if somebody doesn't make eye contact and they still hit me with their with their card on accident (laughs) or they like cut me off and like, they know they cut me (laughs) off and they know that I know that they know that they cut me off. I'm still like hella bitter and I'm super like catty about it. Just like a little bit because I can't, it's hard for me to separate like just a little bit of like, did you really just do that? Because I'm going to say something and I may not say it out loud, but it definitely is, is there. So I I try my best to make sure I do, I do the same thing. So you can actually build your, whatever it is, your client base, your friendships, it makes, and again, like I said, people sleep on that. So I'm glad that you said that because if you can do it, if I can do it, then our listeners can do it as well. Um, Okay. So I want to 
switch gears here. I kind of want to go back to the marketing stuff. So tell me more about what you're doing. I saw your website. So for anybody who's interested, did you just do this website? Is it new? So this is a new website. The first one I had, it didn't look that good. Uh, It looks okay. It wasn't the best that I could do as a marketer and as, you know, someone that does marketing for other people, then I'm the last one to work on myself. So I had designed multiple websites for my clients and other businesses. And I had just kind of just let my own website kind of just fall by the wayside. So this is the best website that I've done for myself up to this point. And it's not even, I mean, it looks a lot better. It's not my best, but I mean, it's okay. I, I like it. I like it. Yeah, um, I like it and too. So I do. Thanks. Thank you. And um, wait, I don't know if there was a question in that or if I just started rambling. <laughs> no. So I was, what I was trying to do is I, I thought it was new. Cause when you would ask me to, so we've had actually, we've had a conversation. I do want to put that out there. So I know I had reached out and I said, I like your page. We were talking about aerial yoga. I didn't just hit you up and say, hey, do you want to be on my show? I hit you up and I watched what you were doing. I saw your, your, your reel on um, your Instagram story. And I, I commented, I engaged with you. And then I think I asked you mm-hmm. a question later. Like it, it naturally kind of flowed into that conversation. It wasn't me just being like, hey, girl, yeah. hey. And, and just <laughs> saying it because I still think that's a, habit and personal. I want to at least make sure that you communicate because I could have asked you and you never could have responded. You could have just been like, mm, or left me on red. Yeah. And yeah. I can, I can tell if you're going to, if you can't say hello and, or thank you for the compliment or whatever in, in casual conversation, then I don't know. I like to see if you'll respond to salutation or a compliment before I just go in with the, Hey, you want to be on my show? Because then it seems opportunistic. Exactly. Do you know what I mean? Like yeah. you responded to something normal. So then I kept the conversation going. And I also think that's important because it kind of engages people's levels of seriousness, but you asked me to check out mm-hmm. this link and I was like, okay. So I went to the link and I was like, Ooh, this is cool. And I uh, saw yeah. your, your promos that you had been posting. So I, I had a feeling this was something new that you were trying and I liked it. So for anybody who is listening, yeah. who is interested um, definitely hit the website in the, I'm going to drop it in the show notes here um, on the, your Instagram page, which it's, what is it? Allison dot. The dot Allison dot Wonderland. That's my Instagram page. Okay. Okay. And so they, they may be there. a little wordy. Yeah. That's my personal page. My business page is gotcha social and it's spelled G O T J A social. So I know that when you read it, you're probably like, wait, how do you say that? And it's pronounced gotcha. And as a business, I probably would have recommended that I not name my business that because it is hard to pronounce and I always have to spell it. But at that point, I was so frustrated with thinking of business names that I just had to hurry up and pick something and I've just stuck with it because I don't want to go back down that rabbit hole again of picking a good name. So that's where Gotcha Social came from. I was just frustrated with thinking of a name. <laughs> yeah, we've all, yeah. we've all been there at some point, but yeah, I think, I think having a personal page and a business page, obviously it's, it's great when you can showcase oh, when you yeah. have sort of this dualistic sort of like, obviously a lot of us are doing work, but we have our personal side. So it's good to have the two, but we had a conversation mm-hmm. and you sent me the link and I checked it out. And then you're one of the, the people that actually sent me the link to the Black Enterprise, I think it was an article that they had done on Spotify for the 
podcasts are saying. So we've like, even mm-hmm. though we're complete strangers, we have been like hooking each other up and communicating. And I think that's mm-hmm. really, really, really cool. Really cool. Yeah. And my hope is that it inspires other people to do the same thing. People get so nervous and I'm like, okay, well, I get that you may be nervous or you may be shy or introverted or awkward. Everyone likes to say they're awkward now. And it's like, but at the same time, you have something valuable, regardless of what you're into to share and your opinion is valid. So, you know, even though on Facebook, I'm starting to feel like most people's opinions aren't so valid anymore, but you know, typically your, your opinion is valid. So if you have an opinion and you share it, or if you really want to compliment someone on, you know, their, their outfits, there's so many people doing style. There's so many people doing hair and makeup. There's so many people out here doing photography and traveling, like say something, ask the question, start the conversation. You never know where it's going to lead. So another thing that I wanted to talk about was just kind of SoCal living and how, you know, that's been for you. I know, obviously, if you're from the South, now that I know that, my question's kind of shifted. So culturally, how have you been adjusting in LA, you know, as your second time, but just in general, how do you manage being around or having a group of friends that you like or being around people that look like you? Is that something you've ever struggled with or are you chilling? So when I, so living in Mississippi, I liked it, you know, that's where all my family is, that's where all my friends are. And we, you know, there, there are things that we like to do in Mississippi and then we can go to neighboring cities and states. Like we'll go to New Orleans a lot, or we'll go to Atlanta a lot, uh, Memphis, um, you know, like all of those local areas that we can drive to. So in LA, the, I love being in LA because there's so many outdoorsy things to do, like hiking. You can go to the beach. You can go skiing if you wanted to, you know, drive um, somewhere. You can go snorkeling or swimming. Like there's so many uh, of a variety of things that you can do. And I do like being outside. So that's, that's why I love being out here. The weather is always good. I can always go hiking. I can always find an outdoor activity to do. There's always free festivals and art museums. I love doing that all the time. And concerts come here all the time. I'm a huge concert fan. Like even when I was staying down south, I always made sure that I went to concerts. And living in L.A., everybody comes to the Staples Center or the Rose Bowl or the Hollywood Bowl or, you know, like Coachella is coming up. Well, it's here. And then they have Weekend 2 coming up. So being in that close proximity to the things that I can do, that makes life for me so much better, you know, in addition to work, because I don't want my whole life to be working as an entrepreneur. If you are serious about your business, then you, it's easy for you to work 24 seven nonstop. It's easy because when you're passionate about it, you'll work from sun up to sundown consistently day in, day out. And for me, it's important that I still find the time to go out and hike and do aerial yoga and go to concerts, not to take a break from it, but just to get inspired by something else and what, you know, other people are doing and new music and new styles and, you know, different cultures and that type of thing. So I, I honestly make time within my schedule to do those fun things because I find that that helps me more in my mark in, in, in my marketing work, because I am being such a creative. I need to be influenced by what's going on in the world. I need to have those triggers and stuff inside of me so that I can create more interesting or fun or, you know, more creative concepts. Um, as far as friends, I don't, I'm my second time around. I'm just now starting to build up 
my network of people that I, you know, can call and text throughout the day. And we do hang out and do uh, different things together. When I first moved out here, I didn't have any friends. Really, all my friends are still back home. They would come visit maybe once or twice a year, if that. So I kind of think I was not necessarily lonely because I like being alone. I don't have a problem with being by myself. Honestly, I love being by myself because me, myself, and I are my best friends. We good together. We happy together. We enjoy each other. <laughs> like, I really don't need to be around people on the regular. But when I do go out, you know, for drinks, I want to go out, you know, to a club or something, that it does help to have those people here. And I'm just now coming to that point to where I found that community. Most of that is honestly on me because I haven't been actively seeking you know, social hangout sessions because I'm not a club type of person. I'm more of a lounge type of person. And I'm not like, oh, I got to go to the club every Thursday, Friday, Saturday. Oh, I got to go make sure I'm there to see these celebrities. Like that really doesn't excite me that much. So uh, hanging, finding people that look like me to hang out here. I could probably find more. I just haven't been actively doing it. And that's by choice. Um. And I would say that when I first started working at Disney, um, I was on my in in my on my team. I was probably the only black female when I started. Um, and then I want to say maybe like within a year or two, then there was another black female or black male that was added to my team. And so that, uh, and being from the South, I think that I personally had my own insecurities of not being good enough or not being smart enough or not fitting in but no nobody treated me that way I think that I kind of felt that way just because you know because they say you know people from the south don't know this much or you know people from the south are slow so I was going in it thinking that people were thinking that of me um and because of that I feel like it forced me to make sure that I was on my shit and and, and I can say that my team at Disney would agree with that that I did work hard I was there before everybody so okay another thing people in LA do not start working at eight o'clock in the morning like that's not a normal thing and coming from the south like eight to five means eight to five like you're there at eight o'clock in the morning so so this was my first time at, at a corporate position and there was nobody really checking me to see if I clocked in or clocked out and so I was taking the personal initiative to make sure that I was at work at like 7.30, 8 o'clock, just to make sure that I had time to get myself together before everybody else started trickling in at 9, 9.30, 10 o'clock. So by like that time, like my day is almost not done, but I kind of already set my mind for the day. I'm already ready to go. Like I'm ready to attack. So by me coming in earlier, then I kind of set myself up to be prepared for whatever that day was going to look like. And I don't even think a lot of my coworkers knew that. But that kind of kept me thinking that I was, you know, one step ahead of them. So that when I went to the meeting, I, I knew what I was talking about. When I went to the meeting, I was prepared with questions. When I left the meeting, people were asking me, so Allison, what do you think about this? What, what, what do you have for this? And they, they were coming to me as more of an expert in my area versus me seeing myself as, you know, being unfit or not being able to compete um, with where they were. So That's awesome. Yeah, I, it's funny. It's so cal. They uh, we started a little bit later in the day because I moved from DC slash Virginia to San Diego, and I did that in like 2013, I think. But it was very similar. You, I, I was the same way. I used to get in there. I think I, I worked 
an 11 a.m. to 8 p.m. shift and then in Virginia. And then I worked, I think it was nine to six. I can't remember. And I would alternate it. But yeah, you were you were used to going early and leaving with everybody else. Like it was cyclical. But on the West Coast, the vibe is real chill. And um, but I, I think you're right. Going back to what you said about having that creativity, you know, it's it's almost like you're being one step ahead of yourself because when you're when you're creative and you allow for yourself to have these experiences and to connect and to just let your hair down literally and just do something different. It's so powerful. And we see a lot, especially, you know, I'm in Northern Virginia right now, which is kind of uppity slash we've got the rednecks out here too, but there's so many women who wait until they get much older to start pursuing creative ventures because their body is screaming for it. And their brain is just maxed out on doing the same crap all the time, watching the same people Mm -hmm. in the news, watching the same people at work. Like they've already put their kids to school and and they've lost touch Uh -uh. with that creative sense. And you have to have that. Like you have to have access to your creativity to thrive. There are so many companies that are emerging, trying to help people connect. We're always on our phones. We're always on our laptops. And somebody was making fun of my consulting firm the other day. And they were like, I see, I see these folks from your firm. They're always, they always have their arm like this. And it looked like he was holding a tray, but he was like, y'all got your laptops just out. Like you're always just walking around. Like, where are you going? You always have your, your phones and <laughs> you have two phones and you have a lot, but it's, it's true. And unless you can, you know, it's always good to do work and to up, up level yourself to show your, your colleagues that you're on top of your game, that you're not stupid, that you're not less than it's always good to work and to work hard and to work smart, but you have to, have to, have to break. And like I said before, people sleep on taking that time for themselves. Number one, taking time to get into their creativity, which is, it doesn't matter what industry you're in. You could be in marketing. You could be, like you said in your um, website, you could be a hairstylist or a hairdresser. You could be a chef. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. You could clean for a living. I don't care what you do. You have to have something that is not only an outlet for you, but also something that sparks creativity because otherwise, I don't know. I just feel like it's kind of boring. I mean, do you agree? I agree. Yeah. Yeah, I definitely, that was one thing that, um, so I, I have always had this thing of I'm going to do whatever the fuck I want to do, when I want to do it, how I want to do it. So, so, so that's just always been me. Um, and then once I graduated college, I was like, okay, now you can really do whatever the fuck you want to do when you want to do it. And so I was like, okay, now I really have to live what I have been saying. Because, you know, when, when you're growing up in grade school, middle school, high school, sometimes even up until college, like you have your parents or somebody there telling you what to do and how to do it and where to go and this, that, and the other. But the thing is that once, once you really get, I, I would say for me, like once I got into like my mid twenties, like 23, 24, whatever. And I started realizing that, you know, I have the power to create the exact life that I want to live. And so at that point it was like, okay, I want to do marketing. I want to run my own business. I don't want anybody else telling me what time to go to work, how to do my work, whatever. Like I'm capable of doing that on my own because I'm disciplined enough. I'm good with time. I know what I want to do and I know how I want to work. And in knowing that I am such a worker bee, like I will sit down and work on something for hours. I had to realize that, you know, 
the more that I sat down at that computer, I was pouring more of myself out. And so I have to have these outlets so I can fill myself back up with something so that I can pour that back out to my clients. If I pour all of myself out to my clients on Monday, I don't have shit else to give on Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday. Like, so I need to be, be constantly refilling myself with not even just creativity, but knowledge and resources and information and network and knowing like how is whoever over there doing that I need to figure out how they're doing that and all of that you have to be ingesting all of that information all of the all of those experiences so that you can put more back into your work and I know some people love to say that you know I work 13 hours today I'm like that doesn't sound good it sounds like you're tired exhausted Mm -hmm. It sounds like you're just making last-minute decisions that have not been thought out well. That sounds like you're burnt the fuck out. And honestly, at this point, I don't even want to talk to you because I know everything that you're telling me is coming from a place of exhaustion. It's coming from a place of tiredness and desperation. So for so to hear somebody say that they work themselves like that, what are you doing? Like, what did you do for 13 hours? Like, don't tell me that you worked for 13 hours when you really spent three hours on Instagram and two hours on Facebook and you sent out one email. Bitch, I'm, I'm sorry. <laughs> you haven't done anything today. Like, you've wasted 13 hours. You ain't been working for 13 hours. You've wasted 13 hours. And, and, and it's like you can't say that you're working yourself like that and wasting 13 hours of your day doing that when really you could have been so much more productive in three or four and got all of that done, made better decisions, got you some rest, got you some good food, you ate breakfast, you ate lunch, you drunk water, you went and exercised. Like all of that is important when you're a business owner. You like like you can't be running yourself on empty like that. It's not it's it's not good at the end of the day. It's really not. It's really not. And all of it's important, regardless of whether you're an entrepreneur, you could be in the consulting industry. Like I've been for many mm-hmm. years, you know, you could be an IT professional, you could be a manager. It doesn't, it doesn't matter. You need to be breaking. And, and I see that so much, right? Everyone's, it's like how many Instagram followers you have. Everybody wants to brag about numbers that nobody gives a shit about. Now it does set a precedence about you sometimes, right? If you know, this person's a hard worker, it kind of, you know, it goes as part of your mm-hmm. I don't know what's the word, like when you have a reputation, it goes as part of your reputation. But like you said, if I'm talking to someone who's worked quote unquote 13 hours, first of all, I'm hella suspicious, just like I am with those damn Instagram followers. Oh, you really have 47.6 thousand followers? Really? Tell me more about all of those 47.6 thousand followers you have and how you only got 118 likes on that picture that was bomb as hell. Like, What's really good? Oh, the Instagram algorithm. No, screw that. Let me tell you something. First of all, no. Second of all, (laughs) no. Third of all, why? Like, what are, (laughs) why? It's so frustrating to me. And like you said, sure, it may give you cool points for, you know, putting in really hardcore hours, but bragging about numbers and flaunting excess isn't sexy at the end of the day. Like it's not, no one's going to give you a gold star. Your mom's not going to pat you on the back. I mean, she might, but after a while she's going to stop because she doesn't care anymore because you've set that as your routine. And if you do not have, this is something really important that you just said. If you do not have anything left to give to yourself and, or to the people that matter the most, what are you really doing? That is the question. Exactly. And that's something exactly. that people need to focus on. And I, I wanted to, to loop this in because 
you mentioned, you know, taking, you know, self-care and taking time for yourself and, and how we're running, but we're not realizing that the 13 hours actually isn't really 13. They've done studies on this. I don't know. I have to pull up the article, but they've done studies on like mm-hmm. how many hours people are actually working every single day at their nine to five. And it's like a hella low number. Like the number was so low. It surprised it's like me. two or three yeah. or something or four or something. Seriously? And oh. it's so true. It's so true. And that's in. That's, that's, that's actually in corporate America. So I, mm-hmm. so when I was working at Disney, um, let's say I got in, like you're going to spend at least depending on how busy you are and what position that you're in, you're going to have a shitload of emails. So you already have to take time to sit there and go through your emails and follow back up and, and respond and do this or do whatever, you know? And so depending on what that email contains, it may take you literally 30 minutes to respond to one email. And so then you have to have these meetings. And so everybody wants to put a meeting on your calendar. And so now I could easily, one day I could be, I I could have three meetings that are at least an hour to two hours long. That's already six hours just on meetings. So it's like, at what point did I actually do work? I haven't even worked yet. I haven't worked yet because I've been in meetings and I've been checking my emails and I went to lunch. I took some bathroom breaks. You know, I had some time to chill out and walk around just to stretch my legs. But honestly, as, as far as actual pr- productivity and taking action, you haven't done any. Mm-hmm. And that's what a lot of people's schedules look like in corporate America, as business owners, as entrepreneurs, as CEOs, as whatever, is that we really have to be conscious of how we're spending our time and what we're spending our time on. It honestly got to a point where we had to say, look, we can't have any more meetings right now like that's enough meetings let's go do some work like don't book another meeting on my calendar until we've actually done some action and then now the meeting is we're following up on what we did we were it got to a point where we were having meetings about meetings and it's like what the fuck it's like okay yeah we can't keep doing this <laughs> listen that's exactly what happens and it's funny because yeah. in the in the government you know, that's one of the reasons why shit takes so long, number one. But number two, it's like they are very strict on their schedule because of how they have everything sort of laid out. And you know, it's a very solid nine to five. And they don't work mm-hmm. afterwards because they don't charge afterwards. Unlike, you know, some of the other corporations, you know, corporations that you'll see in corporate America. But in the government, because I'm, I'm, I guess I can say I'm from the DMV area, but I'm, I'm I don't know. It's weird. But I lived the most of my years on the planet in this tri-state area. And because of that, there's mm-hmm. a ton of government. There's a lot of contractors. Everybody works either for a contracting consultants or uh, you know, contracting company, or they work for the government directly. So that's what a lot of people do. And they're very strict. So that's how you know the productivity isn't there. And what ends up happening is they're working a nine to five. They're sitting in traffic. Everybody sits in traffic here. It's worse than, I don't remember what the number is, but LA and DC are very similar and they're, Traffic. I don't mm. think it's as bad in this city because I know West Hollywood to the airport was astronomically ridiculous. I was pissed. But DC, DC is pretty bad. DC is up there. Like I think they're one of the top five or something. I can't remember, but traffic here is shitty and everybody's in it. So most people live in the burbs and they travel into the city like most places. And so what happens is after you're working that eight to five, you sit in the car for an hour. And what I've seen is, you know, for anybody listening who's trying to be an entrepreneur or who wants to do something else or who just wants to feel more alive and less dead on the inside from working for the man or for, you know, after working 
40 hours or whatever you've been doing, I definitely recommend to start taking the time out for yourself, whether that means you do more extracurricular shit on the weekends, you're going to more happy hours. I hate sitting in traffic. So I always try to find shit to do after work near where I'm at because it saves me time, saves me energy. Um, If you're sitting in the car for an hour because you do need to be home and you have something going on there or somebody who's waiting for you, then listen to some cool shit in the car. I've got a podcast. Hello, that's one thing. There's a ton of podcasts out there. I love listening to stand-up. There are books. I had a client where I had to travel a lot in the car. And so I was sitting there listening to um, books on, they used to be called books on tape. (laughs) Hashtag I'm old now, but Audible, right? (laughs) Audibles. You listen to your Audibles and you're chilling. I swear to you, I listen to like three books. Tiffany Haddish's book is hilarious. The Last Black Unicorn. If you have not listened to it, definitely peep it. I fucking love that book. Yeah, I'm going to have to check that out. Oh, it's such a good one. But, you know, you can use your time, use your time as wisely as possible without Mm -hmm. overdoing it and doing the most, because when we say doing the most, I'm glad that has a negative connotation because doing the most is really unnecessary. Like it's not, and it's honestly not worth it. And when you mentioned earlier, um, you know, making time for yourself, the one thing I did want to bring up is meditation and how that's one thing that really shocked me about Mm. meditation. And I've already done a whole episode on meditation, so I'm not going to lecture and preach. I will not get on the soapbox today. If you have not listened to that episode, check it out. It even comes with a free downloadable that I designed myself. Um, I don't know what episode number it is, maybe like 11, but go back and listen to it. It's a really good episode. But one thing I thought was interesting about meditation is how they say the busier you are or the busier you think you are, the more you need to meditate and like chill because it it fuels you and actually makes you more productive. I agree. It's like, get out. I was like, there's no, how the hell is not doing something making you more productive when you do do something? And it, it seemed so ridiculous to me, but when I actually did it, I was like, oh, oh, it and worked. I guess, I guess I, I guess I get it now because I sat for like 15 minutes and now I feel more energized. I don't hate this person as much as I did before. And I can actually mm-hmm. keep it moving <laughs> in a positive direction and it's not going to fuck up my whole day. And once that happened, it, w- it happened in Massachusetts. I remember where I was. Once that happened, everything shifted. And I was like, I got this. So I wanted to ask you about, I know you do yoga. I assume if you do yoga, like for real, for real, you meditate or you've had some sort of rendezvous with meditation at some point. So have you? <laughs> so now for those listening, I've only been doing aerial yoga, I would say at this point, maybe two months. So I'm not like a yoga expert. And, and, and if you go to my page and then you see what it looks like, like you'd be like, this bitch don't do no yoga. So Whatever. You are good. First of all, I'm you are good. <laughs> <laughs> so I want to put that disclaimer out there. And, but I will say that uh, doing aerial yoga it pushed me because it pushed my body, even though, so if you go on my page, the tricks and stuff look really, really good. But the class is like may, maybe like 45 minutes long. And we spend like 40 minutes exercising and doing core workouts and like the discipline of it and kind of like hanging upside down and holding these poses for like, you know, like 10 seconds or 15 seconds or so. And so then when I would come home, my body was sore because I hadn't worked these parts of my body yet. And I would just have to just kind of just sit and be still. And then I was like, okay, let me just close my eyes while I'm just sitting here and, and, and kind of stretching out my back or whatever. And then I kind of just found myself just sitting longer. 
And I wouldn't say that I'm meditating because I don't like, I'm not like a Russell Simmons. I don't know what that type of meditation looks like or if I made it to that level, but I will just sit still even if I'm just praying or just kind of like thinking, like, you know, thanking God for where I am and being grateful for what I have. And if there is something that's bothering me, I kind of sit through there, sit, sit there and kind of look at the problem and look at it objectively. You know, even if somebody did piss me off, because people piss me off all the time and they probably wouldn't even know it. At this point, what I used to do when somebody pissed me off, I would cuss you out, like, right then and there. Like, like, don't even come to me with the mess. Like, if you want to talk to me like that, then now we're going to go up, like, head to head. Like, so I can argue and play the dozens with, like, the best of them. But what I realized was, like, after going off on somebody, it's like, yeah, I felt good about it then. But afterwards, it was like, damn, you know what? That relationship could have evolved into something better. Like, it didn't have to end right there. And mm-hmm. a lot of times when we lash out, or we respond too quickly, we end up ending a lot of great relationships that could have, you know, transitioned and grew into something better. So I was like, you know what, let me stop doing it. And so now if something, if, if something does, you know, trigger me that way, I get quiet. I get still, I sit, I think about it and I look at it objectively, not just from my point of being offended and, oh, they pissed me off. It's like, damn, well, what did I do to make them, you know, say that to me? What did I do to make them feel that way towards me? Mm -hmm. So if anything, I try to make sure that I sit still just to kind of get my thoughts together, calm my thoughts down because my mind races like crazy because I have so much going on. I have multiple clients that I manage and I'm managing multiple projects for them. So my mind is constantly running. And so I need that kind of just sit there, turn my mind off. If there is something that is bothering me, kind of sit there thinking through it so that after 10 or 15 minutes, like you said, I feel better. I'm less angry. Whatever their problem is, is not even a problem anymore. And I feel good. So meditation may sound like a big scary word to some people that are used to like being on the go like I ain't got time to sit down but it's like just sit your ass down for 10 minutes turn your phone off put the phone to the side like like you can't have like you can't meditate on Instagram you can't meditate on Facebook so it's like turn the phone off or no what no so so what I did the first time was I set an alarm on my phone for 10 minutes and threw my phone across the side of the room so like I had to sit there even if I like, honestly, after sitting there for like 45 seconds, I was like, damn, where's my phone? And I was like, okay, nope, go back to meditation. Then like two minutes, like, oh, okay, fuck, I got it. It's like, so you have to force yourself to sit there for that first 10 minutes. But once you do it the first 10 minutes, then you know you can do it again. We just have to have the discipline to sit still. And some of us don't have the discipline to just sit still. And it's so important to just take some time and just be still and be quiet for a minute. I agree. It really is. Otherwise, you're just, you're just, uh, what did I call it? Mayor of Crazyville? I can't yeah, remember. I had something to but it's, 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 it's true and it's serious because there's too many of us running at 18,000 miles per hour, whether we're actually getting shit done or not. Um, we're, we're going really quickly in some sort of direction. Normally, there is no direction. We're just going. And mm-hmm. we're glued to mm-hmm. our phones. And it never... It's, it very rarely makes us feel good. It's not like it's actually feeding us. And if it were, we'd be very, very overweight because it's too much consumption. And that's all we're doing. We're glued exactly. to it. And when you work in front of a computer, right? I've been doing IT, has been my background for many years. 
um, when you're sitting in front of a computer all the time or you're on the phone talking to strangers because you're in a call center or you're helping people remotely, whatever, there's, there's got to be some sort of a break. And I'll tell you, um, I think I mentioned this, I probably did in my meditation episode, but I talked about how my first run-in was with um, Oprah and, and I think it was Oprah. Or was it just, damn it, I always forget. So either Oprah or Deepak, I can't remember, they used to do this on their own. And then I think it was, was it Oprah? Damn it, I can't remember, I can't remember. But I used to get emails, I feel like it was Deepak. So Deepak, yeah, it was Deepak. Deepak used to, Deepak Chopra, for those of you who are not familiar. He's really cool Indian dude. Um, I think he lives in California. He's got a bunch of kids, grandkids. And he's like a scientist slash meditation guru. I don't know what you call him, but he is also an author. He's written tons of books and they're all super metaphysical and like way out there. But he had this meditation and challenge that he would run for 21 days and he would email you back before they had an app. Now they're fancy. But before that, they would email you a link to a meditation. It was like 19 minutes. And the first like 60 seconds, he's talking about some shit. And then actually like the first couple of minutes, he's talking about some stuff, introducing it. And then he gives you the little... Um, what is it called? The Sanskrit mantra. This is like real meditation. And cause I followed him because mm. I read his books and I would listen to it. And I was like, damn. And I noticed I was just, I, like you said, I wasn't reacting. I was definitely more on the proactive side, but instead of reacting when people would come for me, because you know, it's fun to come for people and you know how boys are. Cause I work <laughs> with a ton of guys. They would try to come for me and I would always jump and I stopped doing, even when I was talking to people over the phone, I wasn't reacting to the stuff that they would throw my way. I was less reactive mm-hmm. and it was really important for my job and for my sanity. And so it doesn't matter what industry you're in, meditation helps, but really it, it makes it so that you take a step back and you start taking ownership for your own shit. Because like you said, yes. people are going to piss you off. People are going to cut you off. People are going to run you over and Trader Joe's with their damn carts. Like that stuff is going to happen. It's going to happen whether you meditate mm-hmm. or not, but the meditation and the slowing mm-hmm. down at least, it makes it so that you don't, actually push them into the cauliflower and like back them into something and become violent because it's, you just, you just don't like your brain doesn't even think about it that way. Instead you're like, Oh, that person must've had a shitty day or maybe, you know, they were raised by wolves. That's really sad. Oh my gosh. It's so true. Yeah. Yeah. Like I feel sorry for them that they're in a bad mood. Honestly, at this point, Anybody that has an attitude or like they're just like always upset and always angry, I feel sad. Like, like I really do feel sorry for them because it must really fucking hurt you that you're always angry and that you're always upset because that is so that's that's such like being angry and being upset are very draining emotions. It pulls so much from you. And it's like, damn, for you to feel like that every day, you know what? I'm sorry. Like, like I really do hate that you feel like that all the time. So now when, when people project that onto me, it bounces off of me. Like, like I don't even feel it because I don't even know what, you know, being upset or angry. Like, I know what that feels like, but I don't. I don't pull that from the situation. Like, like, oh, well, you upset? You know what? I'm sorry you having a bad day, but my day is good. Like, my day is great. It's sunshine over here every day. Even if it is raining outside, I, all I see is sun. And that's just me controlling my reaction to the shit that people give me. Like, that's your shit. That ain't got nothing to do with me. And I'm not going to let your shit cause shit in my life. 
Like we're not even going to do that. Like, so, so, so I definitely, you have to be able to protect your space. I know like a lot of people are like hashtagging and posting that on Instagram, but you really need to know what that means and how you're protecting your space and how you don't allow yourself to react to what somebody else has, has going on. Because at the end of the day, a lot of times it don't have nothing to do with us. And the stuff that does have something to do with you, then now you have to take ownership and accountability to fix it or to get it done or to make it happen. And once you realize that you're in control of your happiness and who pisses you out and who makes you happy and who makes you sad, then you'll start to stop dealing with, you know, you'll see that less and less you'll deal with angry, upset, bitter, sad people and more and more you'll, you'll start dealing with happy, you know, uplifting, empowering people mm-hmm. just by just by consciously choosing what you will and will not accept in your life. Absolutely. But you have to take control of that, though. You have to control it. You do. And it's funny because we we act like this is new shit. But, you know, there are black women yeah. all over this world, especially in the South, in my opinion, who have been preaching this since the beginning of time, (laughs) you know, this is not new news, right? This is not new news and this is not fake news. This is real shit. And what you focus on is what you typically get more of. So, you know, the more you focus on the good stuff, whether it's, you know, your job, you're killing it, you're, you got your, your weight goals and you're going to the gym and you're crushing it. You're making your own food. You're not fucking Mm -hmm. fuck boys. Like whatever you're doing, that's good cool when you focus on that stuff that's when you get more of that it comes back and i think we get a bad rap for being quote-unquote angry black women all of the time people just assume that of us when really we're very passionate and we're very available to all sorts of people we've always been that way and i think you know we can go down that road but you know there's for generations there were generations of black women who were made to take care of other fucking people. And when you look at the Mm. compassion that had to come from these women for decades and decades and just how that's, we are built to care not only as women, but Mm -hmm. as black women for so many people and we have the capacity and we've been doing it. We did it for nothing. We did it for free and we did it well. Right. Just like when you watch that, what is that movie where she puts the the shit in the pie? What was that movie? Um, The Help. The help, right? Remember that little girl? Yeah, that little girl liked, I think it was Octavia's, uh, what do you call it? Her, uh, her character. She liked her, that character, mm-hmm. her, her nanny or whatever you want to call her more than she liked her own damn parents. And it's like, we have of course. the capacity to be these nurturing and loving and we are that mm. way and i think a lot of us mm-hmm. put that on the back burner and we are so worried about what other people think and how many likes we're getting on our selfies and you know what the person who we're looking oh, at gee. dating on yeah we, we just we focus on the wrong stuff when deep down inside mm-hmm. we don't necessarily i'm not saying don't meditate we don't have to meditate we don't have to do yoga we don't have to journal to tap into this it's just a way to to connect deeper and and to to get in that. And like you said, it, it transforms all areas of your life. So everything could be yeah. popping except one thing. Maybe your money is in the trash or maybe you just, you aren't taking care of your skin or whatever. Your wardrobe is just weak. Like whatever it is, there are ways that you can use a lot of these different tools or, you know, by associating yourself with people who have, I talked about this on one of my 
Facebook and Instagram lives recently that, you know, birds of a feather, like birds of a feather, you want to get to the next level. You need to be around people that are trying to get to the next level too, versus the friends that just want to watch love and hip hop all the fucking time on TV and go to the strip club. Now I'm all for going to the strip club, but I still think there has to be some sort of balance and you got to pick friends that are actually making moves. If you're not hanging around other entrepreneur friends, if you're, and I talk about this with networking because so many people want to have a business, right? That's like the cool thing right now. Everyone wants to be an entrepreneur. Great. Okay. Who do you know? Actually, you know what? Who do you know that's doing some shit? Some positive shit. Hold on. Let me, let me Who do you know that's doing some positive shit? I want to know who you know that's doing some positive shit. No, like really, like actually like they're in your phone. No, like you have their phone number. And if you called them mm-hmm. or text them, they would know who you were. How many mm-hmm. of those people do you have? And everybody's like, um, well, mm. I mean, I mean, my next door neighbor. So she, it's yeah. like, <laughs> and that's, it doesn't work like that. Like it just, no. you have to start putting yourself out there. Whether I sent you, uh, I think I tagged you yesterday and, um, at a conference in that uh, conference yes when I saw that I was so excited so now I'm trying to figure out like how can I be in what is it Atlanta in June yeah yeah, yeah. I'm like yes, yes, this yes. is that where looks really is, good I know and that's what I'm saying like being around women like that being around and I know a lot yeah. of the speakers right because I've Me too. done Me the too. research I follow we, them yes yeah. and that's I, look, I listen to their podcast and whatever so like yeah yeah it's important so um, for anybody who's looking to, and even if it's not entrepreneurship that you're feeding for right now, maybe it's something else. Maybe you really want to get better at photography or, you know, you want to try more yoga. You've tried Ariel or maybe you've tried Vinyasa but, or Bikram. You want to try something else. Like follow people like that. I know Chelsea, what is her name? Chelsea Loves Yoga on Instagram. I can't remember her IG, but there's a chick named Chelsea. Mm. Like that's her mission. Her mission is to honor other women of color yogis all around the country, all around the world. Yeah. And she's amazing. And I listened to her actually on a podcast a long, 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 long time ago, but um, it was really cool seeing her. So it doesn't matter what industry you're in or you're trying to get in. There's people who are, who are doing it. It doesn't matter what city you want to live in either. So if Allison, you decide that you want to move to Dallas or you want to move to DC, you'd spend what, eight minutes. I'm sure you're good at Instagram. Like the most of us. <laughs> Like the majority of us, you can go on Instagram and start finding people that live in these cities and start following them, seeing what they're doing. If you want to do the same kind of stuff, following them or adding them here, you know what I mean? Like connecting, Mm -hmm. but there's ways to do it. So if you're going to be on social media all day, my advice is to at least use it in somewhat of a helpful space, kind of like Pinterest, right? Pinterest is fun, but only if you're actually going to do some of those damn recipes or make some of those crafts or buy some of those, yeah. or make some of those outfits. Like, what are we doing? Are we just liking and pinning or reblogging and retweeting? Like, what are we doing? So I've, I definitely try to push that um, a lot. So I want to ask this question for anybody who's interested in marketing. What kind of, are you doing website design? Are you doing, what, what mm. kind of marketing are you, are you trying to do or want to do more of? So 
Right. So when I, so I majored, so my major is in advertising and marketing. That's, that's the bachelor's that I graduated with. And so with that, I have been, um, working with my clients. It starts off as a website. That's why they come to me because they need to get a website designed for their business. After I designed the website, because of my knowledge, because of my expertise, because of my professionalism, because of my accountability, because of how well I work with them, then that leads on to, okay, now I want to start doing emails. And so then I'll do email marketing and then social media marketing on Facebook, on Instagram, um, SEO optimization, um, marketing research and marketing strategy. And then when I moved back out to LA the second time, then I started doing more creative directing for photo shoots and for videos. And so it's, marketing has various aspects of it. Um, but when my clients come to me, it starts off as a website and then it just kind of trickles down into more, um, what, what other type of marketing or advertising that they want to do. Um, for me personally, I want to be more in the marketing strategy area to the point where it's like, okay, we know that you have a website. We know that you have Instagram. We know that you have Facebook. Now that you have all of these hundreds, thousands of followers, how do we convert them into either sales? How do we convert them into email subscribers so that eventually they can turn into sales? Like, what are you doing with all these followers that you have? And then putting together a strategy for that. And that's not, you know, just buy, buy, buy. Like, everybody thinks if they post shop now, buy now, buy now, this is a sale, this is marked down. It's like, people get sick of this shit because they see it all day, every day at this point. Everybody is selling something on Instagram, on Facebook, on Twitter, on Pinterest, wherever everybody is selling something. And so for me, I want to be the one that helps you put a strategy into place to where you're really creating real engagement. You're sharing a brand story. People are connecting with you first and then they buy. Like you, like we're, we're, we're so, we, we think that we have to always push, you know, a sale to people, but it's like, no, it's like, just push yourself. Just push what you have going on. Push the good qualities and the good aspects about your business. Push your unique selling point. Tell me why you are the clothing boutique that people should shop with or why you are the hairstylist that people should come get their hair done for. And when you start sharing more of that information, then people will buy whatever you want. Like they'll buy your drawers used and dirty just because they've been connecting with you for the past week, two weeks, three months, three years, whatever the case may be. And that's what I want. That's, that's where people need the most help, but they just haven't made it to that point yet because they're still stuck in the, Oh, I need a website. I need to sell this. I got to make this quick hustle. But the thing about it is that real business, it ain't a hustle. Real business takes strategy. Real business takes operational systems. Real business takes automation at this point. Like a lot of, you know, business owners are still manually doing invoices and manually doing this and manually shipping this. Like you can't, it, like people say, oh, I got so much competition, so-and-so doing this. You're not competing with these businesses at this point. At this point, you're competing with technology. And so your business needs to be, you know, technically savvy to where you to to where your business runs on its own without you if your business depends on you and solely you then that means you don't make any money unless you clock in to work today and a lot of us not clocking in to work so it's like if you know that you're not going to be able to show up every day and give a hundred percent you need to 
set some automations in place and then start delegating some of those responsibilities because we, that's like, that's a whole nother tangent I'm, I'm going down on. But you see, like, it's important that you have these strategies and have these systems in place so that your business can really scale to the point of where you all want it to be. And so um, another thing that I'm doing is I'm offering website design courses. Because what I realize is that when clients come to me and say, oh, I need a website, I give them a nice, well-designed website that's user-friendly, connected to their social media pages, they can sell products, do whatever, they get the website and they don't know how to use it. But you have an online business. So then that means that all of your business is handled through your website that you don't know how to use. So now at this point, it's like, instead of you paying me to design your website, pay me so I can show you how to design and manage your own website so that you can really see the full power that you have over your business. And these, like, it's so easy to design a website. It's like the tools that they have out there are so easy, but because a lot of us personally aren't technically savvy and don't have an IT background and don't have the discipline to sit there and figure the shit out, you need to go, go ahead and just pay somebody to teach you how to do it, teach you how to, how to do it the right way, and now that you have that knowledge, now that you know how to design your website, and now that you know how to look at your back end of your website and see where all of your sales are coming in from, see where your customers are coming in from, what city, what state they live in. Like, if you know all of this information about your customers from your website, now you know how to market to them. Now you know at least where they are to market. So say, for example, um, you have a business in Mississippi and you have an online website. And, you know, you're pushing your, your sales and stuff through Mississippi physically in, in person. And then you still have your website. And on your website, you're still making orders and stuff there, too. What you realize is once you go back there and look in your website, you will see that most of your customers are actually in Georgia. And it's like, oh, well, I didn't know that. So now that you know that your customers are in Georgia, you need to be advertising in Georgia as well. You need to be marketing in those areas. And a lot of us don't really know our customers, where they come from, how they shop, how much they buy, and all of that type of stuff is important. And it's hidden behind your website that you don't know how to manage. So you're missing out on all this information that could really push your business to the next level. So now I'm offering uh, courses that teach you how to design your website and how to look and gather and use that information that you have and really scale your business forward. Sweet. Okay. That's good. I'm glad. Yeah. I agree with you 100%. We, uh, I learned that quite early in my, in my business and I'm actually still learning that, you know, automation and it's always about systems and strategies and automating, but mm-hmm. you, know, you really have to learn how to do it. And I learned that um, quite early, like I said, when I was, I would have just different tasks, whether it was, you know, Instagram posting and trying to automate that and, you know, the things that come with it, you can, it's, it's way riskier for you to try to spend the time and figure it out and get stuck and have to help, have to get help from someone than to outsource it to somebody that you don't know who doesn't know you Mm -hmm. and give them basically the trust to run whatever this is that you're not willing to spend the time on. Because what happens is if that person gets abducted by aliens, then, then what? You're lost. You're SOL. You don't have anything. 
Yeah. Yeah. And, and you end up spending more money in the long run because you already paid the first person to do your website a thousand, two thousand dollars. You don't know how to work it. Any updates that you need to make, you have to go back to that person. And it's like you can't do that, especially when the changes that we want to make on our website are so like minimal and so like unless you're trying to design a website where you have a slideshow popping out of here and a picture popping out of here and music coming on here and doing all of that, like you can do that on your own. And it's not even that I'm trying to say that now you should be a web designer. It's not that. It's that you just need to know how your website works. So that if you do need to make changes or that you do need to find something, you know where that information is. And if you do need to make small changes, you can do that yourself instead of paying somebody consistently to do that. Because the businesses in this that I've been working with and that I know need this service the most, you don't have that much money to spend out like that. And that's just not a good use of your money to continuously outsource it to somebody that controls your entire business like without them you will not have a business and that you like you don't have the money to continue funneling out to them over the course of you know three months six months a year two years three years you're going to run out of money that way quick and fast yep and i think too the other thing i didn't like when i was setting up my website is you know i'm, I'm it savvy sure but it's different than being a web designer. And what mm-hmm. I didn't want was to be at the mercy of a web designer who, you know, does mm-hmm. this whole website by scratch. And then I'm like, mm, you know what? I changed my mind. I don't want to do that anymore. <laughs> I want to have this on my website. Yeah. I want to incorporate that. And now, because I've married this person, we have to, I'm at liberty for her to either understand my vision and be able to implement it, which are two totally different things. And then she Mm -hmm. has to have the availability and I have to pay her even more Mm -hmm. for every time I want to change Mm -hmm. my fickle mind. And that's a problemo. Again, like you said, financially for, you know, newcomers, but it's also unnecessary when, you know, the cool part about these websites is they do dumb it down because, and they have to, right. They wouldn't be in in the businesses that they are. They wouldn't be doing well if they didn't ask regular ass people. That's what they do. They have teams, whether any app, it doesn't matter. Any application that you use, they do user testing where they actually will bring mm-hmm. people, complete strangers who have no affiliation with the app or the company or whatever, to test the shit out. So please understand that they've done this with you in mind. They've they've designed these websites, whether it's you know, WordPress is where most sites are, but they've got Squarespace and you know all these other things now. And it's super, it's super simple. And I know that's you know coming from me where I've done IT and you who's done this for a living, but it is quite simple, number one. Number two, it's also cheaper, which, hello, I like money, right? That's more money that you can spend at the strip club or at wherever you'd like to go. And number three, when you have the ability to change and tweak it to your liking, life gets easier. If you want to use one payment processor and the person that you're going to likes to use Stripe, but you like PayPal or vice versa, or if you want to have it, you know, look this way, you can change it as many times as you want and you mm-hmm. know how it works. So it's, it's just really important to make sure. And I know people who are not entrepreneurs are like, oh my God, what are you guys talking about? But you've all been in somebody's website or on somebody's website. You've all been in a situation where you're trying to buy some shit and you're like, dude, where do I even click? Like, why isn't this working? Like you've been there. So this is important mm-hmm. for both you know users as well as the business owners because you're doing it for 
who? The people out here buying, which are really the bread and butter of most people's product-based services and also probably service too. But, you know, the point is you've got two things going for you. And, and if you hire out and you outsource it, which I do recommend at times because you do need help, it's also important mm-hmm, to make sure mm-hmm. you know how to do it because I've had to learn that. And it's taken me, for instance, um, on my podcast, I wanted to have, uh, uh, if you go to my website, WhitneyDanielle.com, I say it all the time, you guys know it. If you go there, you'll see I have podcasts. If you hit the podcast like tab, it'll bring up my podcast. Well, before it wouldn't, it would bring up like some of the podcast episodes. And I was like, dude, WTF, yeah, this is so frustrating. And it took me literally like 90 minutes, mostly because I was also watching TV at the same time. But I, it took me 90 minutes and all I had to do was go on YouTube. I YouTubed it mm-hmm. because I couldn't figure it out in the forum. I was like, fuck this. I go to YouTube and some dude shows me how to do it. I was like, oh, so now it's perfect. All of my podcasts are under the podcast tab. All of my blog posts are under the blog tab. It's great. I know how it works now. I figured it out on my own. I'm proud of myself. My mom's proud of me. I didn't tell her, but I'm just, she's just proud of me by default. And I got it done and I didn't have to call someone. I didn't have to phone a friend. I mean, you can, but it's so nice to be in control of getting some stuff done in that way. If you do have to outsource it, like if I wanted to have my sister run my Instagram or if I wanted to have my other sister help me with my website and creating my posts or whatever, I can show her how to do it. And now am I giving Mm. giving her the opportunity to learn how to do this skill, but now she's going to do it the way I want her to do it. And it just, you know, it mm-hmm. makes it, for me, I think it's so valuable to learn about your own shit. It's like, how, we have these super smart phones, we have these super smart vehicles, but half of us don't know how to use any of the tools. But what you will see We've is that people, people, well, but you see people, they know how to do mm-hmm. shit they like to do, right? They know yes, how to work it. certain yeah. apps. They know how to shop on Macy's. They know how to find coupons out of nowhere. Like it's, it's bizarre what we make the exceptions for when we want to be technical. We become real technical when it comes to, you know, getting Beyonce and Jay-Z tickets, but we can't be technical on how to figure out a Twitter algorithm or how to post shit on Buffer or whatever. You know what I mean? Like we pick and choose what we're good at (laughs) technology-wise. So I definitely, definitely recommend taking the time, do the courses. It feels good to learn shit. And if anything, you can use it as a marketable tool. And if you ever need some side cash for a trip to the Bahamas, you can post your skills on like Upwork or Fiverr and help somebody else do it. So those are, mm-hmm. um, those are I think, important things to bring up. But I, uh, I'm really glad we had this, this chit-chat. This was, me too. This was a lot of fun. Me too, me too. I feel like yeah, we could talk. Yeah, it was. We could talk for a while. Oh, and what, what's cool about this is that now that you've been on my Stranger Danger series we can do a hashtag how did we meet uh segment later yeah you know kind of or we can just talk about something else you know we have a lot of stuff in common it seems and i definitely would love to talk more about a lot of these and if you all listening want us to talk about something or think we should dive deeper into something that we talked about briefly here definitely pm us um i do also want to say if anybody is a budding entrepreneur or has a product or service-based business and you're starting out and your website either sucks or doesn't exist, this may be a good opportunity for you to spend a weekend or however long it takes you to, you know, figure it out and, and try something. You know, I'm not trying to like randomly promo somebody who I barely know, but if it works, then it works. And clearly if she's doing it full time, then I mean, 
check her record, right? You have got testimonials somewhere, right? Yeah, it was yeah. like, I, the thing about it is that once you learn something new, now this is a skill set that you have. This is a service that you can go provide to somebody else and make, you know, extra income doing it as well. And then, um, I've, I've had it who, I think I went to like three of my friends. I went through it with them to test it out, make sure they understood it, make sure that they could see the value in it because they're all starting businesses. Uh, one of my friends is starting a, a hair company and she's selling hair extensions. And I, and I went through the course with her, showing her how to set up her account, how to add in her pages, and how to add in her products and pictures and prices and all this type of stuff. And now she's been sending me videos of her website where she's added in color. She's added in pictures and slideshows and all this type of stuff that she didn't even know how to do a week ago. And now she has fully designed her own website in a week. Boom. Yeah, yeah, this is this is what yeah. I'm talking about, people. So if you take the initiative yeah. and you are motivated and you really want some shit, I guarantee you, you can make it happen. And it's just about, you know, being ready, being open, being willing and investing mm-hmm. in yourself. And that's something that I say to clients of my own and, you know, people that I meet out there who want results. It's like, OK, cool. We'll go to a professional. You want to do this? Cool. What do, what do the people that are, you know, they say it about, um, you know, CEOs, right? And people in, in office, you know, where do people, where do those people go to get help? They go to the, the top people. That's what they do. They find people who are doing it, who are professionals, who are experts, right? In that field or in that area of expertise. And then they go and they watch them, they follow them, they buy from them, they invest in themselves through that other person. And it's, it's really important to not only put your money where your mouth is, but to put your yourself in situations where you will succeed. And that's essentially what I think most of us are trying to do and also have a little bit of fun and, you know, a little turn up and meet some cool people along the way, blah, blah, blah. But it's still good to, to get to a point where you feel like you're, you're heading in the right direction. So, um, I will put in the show notes, the link and, um, you know, you guys can go check out her personal page. You can check out her, um, business page, her website, and I'll put all that in the show notes. And is there anything else that I missed that you wanted to say before we close out? Um, the only thing is just reminding your listeners that they are in control of their life. Like nobody has control over your life, but you like, we literally have the freedom and the choice to do whatever it is that we want to do. So, when, so whenever you make your mind up about whatever it is that you want out of your life, go for it. Find the people, just like you said, that are already doing it and do what they do. Learn from them. Try to schedule meetings with them. Like you, you have to take the steps forward to make it happen for you because only you can control that. So that was the final thing I wanted to say was just that you are in in control of your own life. However you want to live, wherever you want to live, with whoever, with however much money, doing whatever you want to do, you control that. Nobody else does. Hmm. And know who I learned that from? Janet Jackson. That's a fantastic Janet Jackson song, Control. Because we are in control. control. And I think <laughs> yeah. people forget. People forget. We really do. Because we're so used, like you said, when we're little, mom and dad or grandma, whomever, auntie, mm-hmm. is driving the car or the minivan in my situation because I have a lot of siblings. But, you know, they're driving and you're just chilling. Right. You're chilling. You're mm-hmm. riding along. Maybe you're backseat driving. But at the end of the day, right, we're grownups now. And we get to be in control. We're of our, in the front seat. Yeah. Of our, and it's really hard. I don't know if you've ever tried it, but 
um, I would assume that trying to drive from the passenger side would be really, really hard. So just like imagine trying to drive. <laughs> we're in the driver's seat. <laughs> exactly. But we think we're in the passenger yeah. seat. So definitely yeah. no. um, make moves. And like I like to say, you know, put your money where your mouth is and, and actually start implementing. Mm-hmm. Because this podcast would not have happened if I hadn't been like, you know what? I'm going to do this shit. And I did it. And I'm and glad I just, you did it. Me too. Thank you. I am glad yeah. I did it because it was something that people had yeah. told me that I should do for years and I blew them off. And then I was like, you know what? Maybe they're onto something. And then I, you know, when you keep hearing something and I kept hearing it, I kept hearing it. I kept hearing it. I was like, all right, all right, all right. Okay, fine. Universe, fine. Okay, you win. I'll do it. And then I did it. And, mm-hmm. you know, I could have stopped so many times. I could have been like, oh, I don't have an intro. Uh, I don't have this. Uh, I don't have a microphone. Uh, I don't like the microphone I got. Uh, it made a weird sound. Uh, I don't like to edit. Like literally I could give you 1000 reasons why I shouldn't have gone forward with it or mm-hmm. why I could have stopped, but I didn't. And this, this is a new series that I'm starting because I had the thought, I'm like, wow, how crazy it would be if I just like randomly hit people up like with intention, but randomly hit people up and was like, Hey, do you want to like talk on my show? And you know, most people would have been like, no one's going to want to do that. Whitney, you're crazy. And I could have said that to myself. But there's a ton of people, I have a ton of people scheduled to, to do this. And I'm super, and everybody has been very positive about it. So even when you think yeah. some shit might be crazy and or a bad idea or maybe won't work out, definitely. I think um, you follow Maya. Ma, what's her last name? Maya, is it Eloise? Yes, I do follow her. I think yeah. I like two or three Maya. Yeah, well, that's but I true. do follow her for sure. Yeah, uh-huh. Maya Eloise, she sisters with Maddie James, who I've been following for a long time. But Maya mm. did a video recently about fear and the comments that she got was yeah. crazy. Like all the things people were afraid of. I was like, oh my God. But it's so true. We're all afraid of like the randomest, craziest shit. And like at the end of the day, we get to be in control of whether we beat that fear, meet that fear and like head on or we sit there and let it keep us down yeah. where we don't want to be in the super not sexy yeah fearful world so no a a personal a personal quote that i have is fear fears me so i'm not scared of fear 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 should be scared of me because whatever i want out of life then i'm going to go get it so we have to realize that fear is nothing more than emotion it's the same thing as being happy it's the same thing as being sad fear doesn't control anything unless you allow it to control you and the thing about, and then piggybacking off of what you said about, you know, like how you had pushed the podcast off to the side, but so many people kept telling you, you know, you should do it, you should do it, you should do it. We have to listen to those around us because those around us really tell us what we're good at and what we suck at. Mm. Because the things that we're good at, you'll hear them say, you know, you're good at that. You should do more of that. You mm-hmm. should do more of this. And the stuff you suck at, nobody talks about it. You know, or they say, you know, you're not that good at that one. <laughs> but but like you said, the things that, that you get complimented and praised on the most, that is where your gift is. That is where your purpose is because it comes so naturally. It comes without you even trying. It comes effortlessly. And the thing about, you know, not having the right microphone, not having the right computer, not having the right recording, those are all really just excuses that fear present as a problem and it's not even a problem you have a microphone you just don't like it you have a camera you just want an expensive one and that's really what it all boils down to like the microphone the camera you have as long as they turn on they work and you can produce your podcast 
Now, as you get more traction, you get more followers, you get a better microphone. You get even more followers. Now you get the $2,000 camera. But it's like, just, just, you know, throw it out there, put it out there. And if people like it, that's great. If people don't like it, you learn from it. And now you go do something else. Life is, life is an active thing. Like life isn't just sitting and you just sitting there, you know, waiting for shit to happen. No, life is when you actively do it and you're actively living. And that means trial and error. That means testing stuff out to see what works and what doesn't work. That's fully living. So we'll keep talking. I'm going to stop there. Yeah. (laughs) No, it's just, they're all excuses. (laughs) They're all excuses. And and just as a little, a little secret to anybody who struggles with this is I like to find people who are examples that you can do it with much less. So there's a lot yes. of people in the podcasting world and the YouTubing world and the makeup industry, like you name it, who started with nothing or has like way less than you. Like they don't have a personality. Mm-hmm. They are dumb as rocks. They um, aren't super attractive or their lighting is always trash. Like whatever, right? There's, there are people out there and this is what propelled me into being an entrepreneur in the first place is I kept meeting these stay-at-home Caucasian women who were killing it online. I'm like, dude, WTF, Karen, how are you making so much money? You have zero personality. And this is just me guys being honest with you. Like this is what actually happened in my head. Like you have zero personality. You have three children. You have a husband supporting your ass, but yet and still you are out here crushing it as a health coach on the internet. Mm -hmm. Like how, Mm -hmm. how sway. And once I saw that and I kept seeing it, it wasn't just a fluke. Like I kept seeing it. I was like, okay, look, I don't care if I got to research this until the cows come home. I'm going to figure out how the hell I can make money like Miss Karen over here, because there's no way in hell she should be out here making all this money. And I am over here working for the man who doesn't give a shit about me. Like that's where I was like, okay, this is actually, you know, screw fear, right? This is, this is facts. And that's when I was like, all right. So for anybody who is, you know, you, and I know people are always like, oh yeah, well, you know, you look at the, um, the disabled folks that are out here in the Olympics, like killing it. That's always, and you don't have to go that extreme. You don't have to go that extreme and that may not work for you because it doesn't always work for me. But at the end of the day, if you can find somebody in your industry doing something that you want to do, if you look at people Mm -hmm. who are doing it, Mm -hmm. who are doing it with less. There were tons of people. A lot of my mentors, when they started out, had no website. They didn't have a damn website or their website looked like absolute shit. Rosetta Thurman, happy black woman. She will tell you her website was absolutegarbage.com and she hated it. It was super fugly. And I actually remember when she hired somebody to help make her redesign. I was there for that. I had been following her for so long, but she didn't have a website Mm -hmm. at first. This other chick I follow, one of the first coaches I ever hired spent like 10 grand on this broad. She didn't have a website. Whoa. She probably still doesn't have a website. Doesn't care. I actually think I went to her website. She does have one. I remember when she made her website. I remember that I was already, I had already paid her. I had already paid her and she didn't have a website at first, but then she got one. I didn't care about her website guys. Like you said in the beginning, it's not about the accolades. It's not about all the shit people want to talk about on the internet or like their followers and like their fancy ass website. Like it's your personality. It's how you present Mm -hmm. yourself online. So when you can find those people who are doing it with less, it's somehow for me, at least it's very inspiring when I see some and I get it right. Some people just seem to have access to better shit. That's why Spotify is doing this program for African-American women of color, um, uh, podcasters Mm -hmm. and 
women from the LGBTQA community because for whatever reason, we still don't have like access to a lot of the same shit that some of these Caucasian males or even some of the females have access mm. to. So it's, it's good. It's good to be able to, to see that and for those opportunities to be presented. But even still, there's still a lot of people out there online who are killing it with less. And it doesn't matter what color yeah. you are. Like you can still, if you really, really want it, you can still make it to, you know, the top. You can still make it. Yeah. You can still make it to the top. Yeah. So um, yeah. definitely, definitely glad yeah. we added that to the end. Cause I think that hopefully we'll speak to some people who are struggling with um, maybe fear yeah. or blocks or, um, they're doubting themselves. Imposter syndrome is real. I feel you. We've all been there. Um, I actually may it do is. an episode on imposter syndrome because I don't know I thought it was a white girl problem for a really long time. And then no, because that's, that's the only people I heard. I, no, I know. But it was the only people I had ever, ever, ever heard of talking about it. I was like, why are you always talking about imposter syndrome? You know, they like, I'm going to say that, you know, some some people like to put a name to something like, like we had already been experiencing it. We just didn't have a name for it, you know? So some people are good with, you know, putting a name to something, you know, just to help push it out there and make people aware of it. But I also want to say is like, don't let that be a crutch either. Crutch either. Like don't go around saying, Oh, you know, I got that imposter syndrome. It's like, you know, you like, like don't make it an excuse. Look at it and identify it as, you know what, I am suffering from imposter syndrome. And that's because I'm insecure about whatever that is. Once you realize what you're scared of and what you're insecure of, and you really say it out loud, as you're saying it out loud, you've already thought of a way to fix it. Like if your insecurity is like one of my things is I stutter sometimes. So for me, it's like, okay, yeah, you know, how am I going to be out here talking to people and shit? It takes me a minute to get my full sentence out. It's like, okay, just slow it down. Just think about what you want to say before you start talking. And now it just flows out so clearly. And so it's, yeah, I'm going to stop right there because then I keep rambling. No, it's, it's, it's true. I, I feel <laughs> you. We, we do yeah. that. And, and imposter syndrome is definitely something that happens to a lot of us. But like you said, mm. being able to recognize what's happening and then taking a shift to fix it. That's a whole different mm-hmm. ballgame, but it's also really important to the process. So I know we yeah. talked about, we know we, I know we talked about a lot of stuff, um, but I definitely appreciate you taking the time yeah. to, uh, to do this and for Thank being you. patient. Um, I know we got to a late start and, you know, this is fun. I'm, I'm really looking forward to having more conversations because you'd never know. It's like going on like a way better blind date than what you typically go on because yeah. I know the conversation is at least going to be good and I'm not going to feel some type of way. Um, but it's also like, I love surprises and I love getting, one of the reasons why I am the way that I am is because I have this like innate buried in my soul curiosity about other people. Mm. Because I love hearing stories. I love, since I was a little kid, I love hearing stories. I love hearing people talk about their lives and where they've been and where they came from and their issues and their experiences because Everybody is so unique. And even though we have some mm-hmm. of the same shit that might happen to us, everybody is so mm-hmm. unique that your story is still going to be different than mine. And that's one of the things that, mm-hmm. you know, propels me and keeps me going is that it doesn't mm-hmm. matter what my website looks like or what I'm selling on my website. I am me and that is who I am and that's who my brand is. And that's always going to be unique. You can come to my website and try to check. And there's shit. so much value in that. Yeah. There's so much value in being exactly who you are. You don't have to be anybody else 
but you. And there's so much value in being authentically you. Yeah, because when you try to be somebody else, that shit doesn't add up and it doesn't work out. So <laughs> No, no, no. <laughs> so, yeah, that's uh, that's something that people don't get told, but I just wanted to put that out there for somebody to pick up in case yeah. you needed to. Um, but yeah. yeah, so, okay, I know we've tried to wrap it up a few times, but we could talk for a while. So let us let us end this recording. And um, I do want to invite everybody listening to, you know, make sure you're following the two of us on Instagram. As you may know, my handle is Whitney DC life. And I am on Instagram, Twitter, and Snapchat. Um, and Allison, yours is the dot Allison dot wonderland, right? Yes. That on is Instagram. my Instagram. Yes. That is my Instagram. That's my personal one. So be sure to follow and comment and let me know that you heard this on Whitney's podcast. And for my business, uh, the Instagram is gotcha is at gotcha social G O T J A social. And that's the same as the website, which is gotcha social.com. Perfect. And yeah, absolutely. Name drop. It's always fun to name drop. I love yeah. doing it. I will literally write down a bartender's name when I go out because you'll be surprised. People will be like, no, come back and visit me. Like they want you to come back. And I'm like, word. All yeah. right. I'll be back. Would you, are you working Thursday? All right, cool. Bet. And I put it yeah. on my phone. I'm not kidding. I do this shit. I'll put it in my phone and then I'll like, somebody will ask me, Whitney, what are you doing on Thursday? And I'll be like, hold on, let me look. I'm like, oh, I'm going to go visit Alex at this restaurant I went to. You want to come? And they're like, sure, why not? This sounds weird. And then we go and we have a good time. And then Alex hooks me up and we become friends. And then now I have a friend. Exactly. Yeah, it's just. That's a a, a little quick, little good tip. If, If you are a local, new to an area, go to bars, go to lounges, get to know the bartender and go there often. You know, if it's close by work, you can go there once a week, every two weeks or so. They'll give you a little extra drink. You know, they'll give you a little free biscuit or something. So like, that's a good person to have, you know, in your phone. So that's a good exactly. tip. Definitely and now I have know the bartender. <laughs> absolutely. It's, it's worked. Um, and it's just fun to build contacts in different places because you get exactly. the 411. And, and I, I think that's why it's good. Now, mm-hmm. you know, Allison, when I bring in new people, you know, I, I always tell people in my videos that when you network, you get not just that person, but their whole network too. And so when I meet yes. you, Allison, now I'm connected to your whole network. And actually one of the things that I'm promoing is my one-on-one coaching practice uh, or my program rather is my one-on-one program. Mm-hmm. You get access to over 50 women that I know personally who do an array oh, of different good. things. And these are women of color. I, I scratched out every male. I scratched out every other um, right. you know, Caucasian Definitely. girl. Right. But like women of color. And I think I only have one person that's not black in this list. Um, who there's a couple of other people I could probably ask them, but like, girl, what are you? Because I don't know. Um, but there's over 50 people that I can connect you with. And when you get connected to those people, you get connected to their people. So Allison, I thank you mm. for being part of my 50 now or my, I don't know what, I think I call it my Rolodex being a part of my Rolodex, which is constantly growing. Um, But it's great to be able to say, yo, I met you through Homegirl Whitney. She, yeah, I remember that episode. That was a good time. So definitely shout me out um, on on Allison's page, whichever one you go to. um, And uh, let her know that you heard it, that you heard about her from from the podcast. Mm -hmm. And make sure you're subscribed. And if you liked this episode, even though we... Talk. This is one of my longest episodes, I think, to date. I'm so, sorry. <laughs> no, no, it's fine. It's fine. It's funny because I think even though this is the stranger danger one, we may end up having longer conversations in this 
series versus the how did we meet? Because the how did we meet? I already know a lot about them and I'm not getting that sort of, you know, that background, that history from them for the most part. So yeah. it makes sense that this yeah. is longer. And to be honest, this is still shorter than most of the podcasts that I follow. And I love that because I personally do not yeah. have two and a half hours to spend listening to a bunch of people that yeah. I really don't know and they're not adding value. So I feel like we were under that mark time-wise and we were adding a, offering yeah. a ton of value to people. So, um, and we're yeah. going to give them the hookup. So if you are listening, you are subscribed, um, definitely make sure you're on my email list and you're showing up and you're here every single week. Make sure you give me five stars because I like five. It's a good number. And yes. I need my star ratings to be high so that other people can find out about my bougie happenings and my bougie people and my bougie <laughs> friends and like stories. So again, thank you everyone for tuning in. Awesome. Thank you for being my wonderful. Thank you. Host. Thank you. And we'll be back next week. Cheers. <laughs>